Pop Shield, a long-form discussion podcast about musical topics both past and present. I'm Gabe, and I'm joined as always by Dan. Hello. And Derek. Hello. At the end of our recent episode on Devo, we discussed whether that band's satirical take on pop would even be possible nowadays, and listener Jeremy tweeted us to ask if 100 Gex could be considered a, quote, modern Devo. By the way, you too can tweet us with anything that's on your mind, at PopShieldPod. Initially, I thought Jeremy's point was absolutely perfect and really wanted to bring it up in our listener email section, but after talking about it off-air, we all agreed that 100 Gex and this question in particular were deserving of their very own episode. Also, uh, I learned just a couple days ago that they're dropping a remix album tomorrow, which by the time you're listening will be today, um, <laughs> so it's kind of relevant. Anyway, here it goes. A deep dive into 100 Gex, extremely divisive, but in my opinion, instantly iconic debut LP, 1000 Gex from last year, 2019. You know, another reason I was so excited to do this is that we all have such different opinions on 100 Gex, or in Darren's case, a lack thereof. So let's start there. Um, Dan, how did you feel about 100 Gex before this assignment? Yeah, I, I like heard about them, um, I, I guess last year, where, um, it, it just seemed like it was blowing up on, on Twitter. Um, you know, all the, we follow a lot of, you know, music critics and everybody was loving it. So I was like, oh, I'll I'll check this out. And I really had no idea what it was. And, uh, I turned it on and I instantly hated it. Um, (laughs) cause it was really nuts, but I was, you know, the album's only like 20 something minutes. So I, uh, you know, I, I stuck it through and, uh, still hated it. <laughs> yeah, I think we might have even brought it up on previous episodes that uh Dan hates this and I love it. Um so for me it was kind of like yeah, I heard people talking about it all the time. You know, it's kind of getting like memed a lot as some mm-hmm. albums do. And so I checked it out uh probably shortly after it came out and I was just, you know, I heard like a couple seconds and I was like, nope, you know, it's I get it, it's meme music, you know, these things come <laughs> around every once in a while. Fuck this. And then it popped up on the Wire magazine's end of the year list. And I love I love the Wire. I love reading the Wire. And and when they put it there, I was really like, oh, maybe I better give this like a second shot. And I basically just like so I started listening like very late, you know, by that time it's like about to be 2020. And um I drove like to and from Florida around that time to visit family and you guys and um you know when traveling was still possible in the united states of america and, uh, <laughs> i just I, I basically just remember listening to this album over and over again like on those drives because you know it doesn't kill a lot of time it's only like 23 <laughs> minutes like yeah. but whenever i was like you know feeling sluggish because it's a long drive it's like 15 16 hours uh, I would throw this on and I would like just be rejuvenated. You know, it was like it was like I, a shot of, of monster energy. You know, I feel so bad for your girlfriend. <laughs> she loves it. She loves this album. Oh, um, God, I was I, I was transporting my cat though, and I don't think uh, he liked it. Much. But Darren, so you, I, as I kind of mentioned, didn't know about this, but I'm kind of wondering, like, you, you've probably heard me and Dan like sort of take jabs at each other about it. Did that make you kind of? intrigued and what what were you kind of expecting yeah um i mean you know we definitely argue about a lot of uh, different music and we have opinions that that we disagree on and all on everything but this was one of the rare rare times where it seemed like you guys were just on opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. <laughs> in terms of yeah. how you felt about this and i had no knowledge of 100 gex going into this so i really i had i did not know what i was going to hear I had no idea well um it is kind of funny because 
I always feel like it's very important that Darren is here because Dan and I like kind of align a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whenever we've done just me and Dan episodes, we like almost always agree on everything. But uh, yeah, it is weird that we disagree so much on this. So, you know, it's only a 23-minute album, but I think there is a ton to talk about. And I guess we ought to start by just doing the proper review thing and trying to describe the sound of 1,000 Gex by 100 Gex. Maybe Darren can start since he's a first-time listener. Well, um, you know, I'll sort of just mention my first impression, right? Yeah, Um, yeah. It was kind of like an immediate, like, I don't like this. Like, I I listened to the album one time and I felt, like, exhausted by the (laughs) 23-minute mark. I was like, okay, I'm going to put this away probably for the rest of the day um, and, and come back to it. So... And and that you know, I think for somebody who's never heard anything about this, know or knows anything about it, it might feel that way, right? Because it's just like a overwhelming, like an avalanche of sound, like right? A sugar rush. Yeah, I mean, it is. You mentioned like a shot of monster. It you know, <laughs> right. it, it sounds like a can of monster energy, right? <laughs> right. I mean, that's just what it is. Um, you're getting all sorts of different like genres. Um, you know, all sorts of like crazy glitchy editing and pitched vocals. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's even like a real instrument anywhere. I mean, maybe there's like drums, but basically everything is run through something is what it sounds like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think it will get into like the specifics, but like, you know, it's sort of purposely trying to, uh, you know, it's like a, a sound collage in some ways, right? It's just like a lot of different right, things right. like thrown together. Um, and it's not, but it's not necessarily like, it, it sounds like music of today or of like maybe the recent decade or something like that, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of elements that you, and we'll get into it, but like, you know, like something like dubstep really stands out for like a few seconds before it changes to something else right. that you might recognize. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've heard it described as like, uh, a bunch of trends from the last decade like thrown into a blender or something and sure. it does have that kind of like rapid pace like songs are changing on a dime there's usually like four or five ideas crammed into every song and they're all like a minute 30 you know or two minutes tops um how would you describe it dan yeah i mean it, it is like the the blender thing's a, a good description it, it sounds like taking you know pop punk like like blink 182 or something and you know uh, break core or you know venetian snares something like that and you know, dubstep and like mixing that all together it, it's like a weird like i don't know like distorted version of of pop punk like uh it's ska and stuff you know like i i just kept getting those especially in the, like the, the the way the vocals are like it, it just always sort of has yeah. that like that emo wine yeah yeah i, I guess i say blink 182 because you know the most famous but i guess it, it like really reminded me of like uh remember like newfound glory <laughs> right 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 like, like like stuff like that you know which um i don't know how old the people are in this band but i, I kind of assume they're around our age and that was like what was huge when we were in like you know middle school uh early high school uh maybe even um and it just sort of feels like you know a, a mix of all that kind of stuff like because dubstep also like started getting popular like you know as we were in um high school and, yeah. and everything you know and it, it really does just feel like um all that kind of thrown together but but the um you know the electronic stuff i think like it, it's not you know that straight like 
you know, bro step Skrillex thing. You know, there's like little, like Darren said, it's like always sort of rapidly changing. Like you'll get, you'll get a glimpse of it here and there. Um, but it, like almost everything just kind of comes and goes. Um, well, that, that's, I kind of want to like see if we can get to the bottom of that, which is like, is there anything that ties this together? Because I feel like I hear, I hear this or I hear, God, there was something else I was listening to recently. Um, probably one of these like meme things that gets a little buzz here and there, but I was just like, oh, this is extremely 100 gex sounding. And then I was kind of trying to think like, well, what is, you know, what is the 100 gex sound then? I mean, for me, there's kind of like a, you know, like a trap pop kind of element running through it. I think that kind of emo rap thing is very prevalent with the, you know, it kind of got big with like the Lil Peeps and even like xxx tentacion and Mm -hmm. stuff that kind of like soundcloud rap scene that brings that like depressive sort of whiny emo quality into trap pop kind of instrumentation um and there are definitely like flickers of all these different genres and stuff um but what do you think darren is there like something that ties it all together or is it totally blender approach i don't know um it's it's hard to say because as soon as i want to like lean into sort of like a dubstep type of foundation right I, I it gets yanked in like a different direction you know what i mean um i did kind of think that there were some elements that really reminded me of that band sleigh bells right yeah um, yeah definitely. yeah and you know the thing i liked a lot about sleigh bells was just like sort of taking that heavy you know, sort of rock slash like electronic um, influence, right? Yeah. And 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 sort of that being the foundation for sleigh bells. And I feel like that's that there's some of that here, like underlying most of the album. You know what I mean? Like at least every song kind of returns to that in some way. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if you could, like, yeah. I mean, I think there's that, which is that kind of like mixture of rock and hip-hop or something going on um but i wonder if dan you would use like punk to describe this at all because to me it's got like something like a punk spirit which is this kind of like crude amateurism and this you know what i mean like rebelliousness or something to it i i mean yeah I'm, i'm not one of those people who's you know real anal about you know what you call punk and everything um Mm -hmm. i i I definitely yeah i mean there's definitely that that sort of amateur ish spirit and uh you know rebellion even in it um i I think it's definitely like fair to say there's like a uh you know a a punk element um it's weird though you know like to your other point uh, you know it has like this blender feel but there but there definitely is like some sort of like thread tying it together you know it it has this like collage sound but it it, like it it doesn't just sound like a a mess you know It, it doesn't like the whole album like feels like an album it just feels like an album of like a billion parts but you know it's really actually hard to like describe how the 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 sum of the parts like you know the the whole like becomes like a whole new thing does that make any sense you know like yeah well let me let me throw a couple other terms at you would you describe it as experimental yeah yeah definitely yeah would you would you darren yeah yeah that's fine yeah because i think you know we'll get into it more but they're they're they have a tendency to kind of like create these incredibly catchy, like kind of weird pop emo trap things. And then 
just collapse into like chaotic noise basically you know and um so that's that's pretty odd um another thing i want to ask another term i want to throw out there is like indie you know we talk about this all the time and how much of a fan i am of the like indie spirits you know not necessarily like indie as a genre or indie min- meaning independent or anything like that but this kind of like uh bedroom pop aesthetic this kind of like anything goes aesthetic i mean it's digital you can tell that they use like um probably even like the stock sounds a lot of the time in like garage band or something you know what i mean um probably distorted and fucked with and all this stuff but it's you know what i mean it still has that kind of like whatever pops into my head let's roll with it and see what happens yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I I think when when you use like indie in in, in the term, you mean it. You know, not the, not the genre. That's sort of just like uh, the contemporary version of punk. You know, like punk was like getting a couple guys together in your garage with whatever instruments you had and, and right, you know right. whatever lack of skills you had and playing. And now you know that that it's just the computer has taken the place of that. And I did see like uh, some interview or something uh, with them. They said that like they. Um, the two people like live apart and they like right, just send right. files back and forth, like through the internet. Uh, I think they said they use logic. Um, you know, so yeah. I think that, I mean, that's obviously like a very, uh, you know, indie way to, way to do things. Yeah. Um, I could hear the scare quotes. I, I, I literally <laughs> did it. I literally did it. Yeah. Like, yeah, like actually physically hear it. Um, what do you, what do you think, Darren? Do you think this kind of embodies the, uh, indie spirit of that kind of early two thousands era? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I sort of felt that way even before you know Dan. You kind of described the way they the way the recorded pro- recording mm-hmm. process was done, which that just sort of adds to it for me. Um, you know, just this idea of kind of anything goes, like you mentioned, just throw anything at the wall, whatever you can think of, whatever you're listening to, right? I think that's a really important part of ele- or of indie, yeah. like whatever you're being influenced by in the moment and trying to like match that up with you know i don't know something from the 90s something from the 80s whatever you, whatever else you just have been musically influenced by over the years right 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 yeah and i want to um bring up you know in pitchfork's review of this album which was actually not that good of a review of a review um and yet it sort of popped up in their end of the year list as well by the time like the wave had started of course um they there's an interesting line which is like it's it's not so their sound is not really indefinable as much as endlessly identifiable um and so i want to talk about like influences and genres and stuff like that but do you guys hear it as like a strikingly unique thing or were you reminded of other artists and that kind of thing i mean i was reminded of other things like like i said you know all these like pop punk bands you know dubstepy things some some venetian snares kind of stuff um but it, it's the same yeah. way you know when when you listen to uh, you know i don't know led zeppelin you're you're reminded of like you know blues thing and stuff you know it's like it's i i think they're making something and i guess led zeppelin's a, a bad example but they're sort of making something new out of something old which i think we've talked about uh kind of before uh, you know that that's sort of what all music is you know you, you it doesn't really or rarely exists like in a vacuum uh everybody's like sort of it's it's when you take like your um inspirations and and you know things and, and form something brand new out of it just because you can like recognize uh, you know a piece of it i think the whole is is a is a new thing yeah and i guess like maybe you could argue the 100 gex is kind of like more proud about their influences like they're not really yeah. afraid that yeah, you're, yeah. you're gonna identify it. and there are some artists that are like that and some that are not um but 
you know, I just sort of found myself thinking about, I don't know how familiar you guys are with like, you know, artists like, um, you know, Sophie mm-hmm. was really big like, yeah. a couple of years back. Charlie XEX has been kind of like trending in this direction for a while. Although um, I think she's heavily influenced by the PC music label and just this whole kind of like aura of this really, I guess they call it like hyper pop or something, but like this, like very maximalist, it's like um, super shiny and like, you know, big synths and stuff, but it's kind of like um, tongue in cheek about consumerist culture and like internet culture and that kind of a thing. You know, there's been like that kind of, that's been growing over the course of the decade. So I wonder like, Darren, does it strike you as these sounds have been around for a while or is this just like shockingly new for you? Hmm. I, I mean, I feel like the sounds have been around, right? When I listened to this album, I didn't, you know, walk away thinking, that you know music has been taken in a new direction right um it it sounds like to me uh familiar in a lot of ways like i've heard elements of of all of these songs in different places right and i think that goes back Mm. again to like that blender effect but when you do something like that when you blend all of these different genres together and then you kind of warp them you know on top of blending them you you do kind of come away with something that is like different, right? I didn't listen to this album and think, you know, oh, this is like a rehash of, you know, blank, whatever, whatever you yeah. can think of. You know what I mean? Like it's right. It's may have been pieced together by stuff that I could recognize, but this is definitely not a situation where, you know, you look to one album and you think, well, this sounds exactly like this other band who is doing exactly the same thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Well, let me let me hit you guys with a, another suggestion here. Um, as big Kanye fans, do you guys hear like a big Yeezus influence over this album? Uh, I mean, I, I guess if you want to like attribute that sort of like the the moments of of noise or uh, you know like industrial sort of sounds to it, you know, I, I you could attribute that to Yeezus. I think like especially if we're looking at it, like in the pop world, but I mean, I think that could also come from. It, 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 with these people being, you know, like experimental artists, they they could have got that from, you know, just noise music or breakcore or, you know, somewhere else. You know, I, I, did, I didn't see anything that was like specifically uh, Yeezus, I didn't think. <laughs> I think Gabe is trying to use psychology to... <laughs> right, right. I admit that he's trying to trick me into liking it. He, he's a doctor now, right? You better be we're careful. Gonna see, we're going to see if uh, as part of the part of the aim here is to see if I can change Dan's mind, and I he's going to try to convince me to hate them. We'll see what happens. Uh, <laughs> but I, I just I thought it was weird because it doesn't like really remind me of Jesus or let's say like Death Grips, and yet it feels like very much in the same ballpark I, in some way, like that heavily distorted, like aggressive, but also like the chop up quality like you know i think about that random hungarian song at the end of new slaves or something you know like Mm -hmm. that's like a very 100 gex thing to do you know what i mean yeah i mean i it's funny you would mention death grips like when i was listening to this like i did keep like thinking of them not that it like it doesn't sound like that at all just like sort of feels like it's the same world you know like um you know death grips sort of has that whole like you know they're very like the internet you know it, it's like a very like i don't i don't think a band like that would have existed outside right, of right. the internet age and and like or think about do you remember we were talking about on our old podcast we, we talked about that jpeg mafia album yeah mm-hmm. from a couple years ago and we said that it sounded like um you know it sounded like 
like scrolling through YouTube comments or something. I think we said. Yeah, and yeah. This feels like even more like that. Yeah, I've, sometimes this feels like scrolling through uh, samples. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about all this that I'm I'm throwing at you, Darren? Yeah, I, I think I agree. I mean, this sort of album. I think you you mentioned it that you know it wouldn't really probably wouldn't exist without the internet and the internet culture that we're familiar with, you know, um, it's like scrolling through basically anything that involves, you know, like Reddit or whatever, right. Where mm-hmm. people are just, um, trying their very hardest to create the next meme or, or something, you know what I mean? Or yeah, that's really yeah, trying to yeah. go viral in some ways. But again, like it, me, that's um, not, I, I don't feel like that's like the driving force for this album. It's just another element that's just it's just another okay. part of it you know what i mean yeah i, w- I want to you know we're going to continue interrogating all these things there's a bunch of good points coming up but it's just like i just feel the compulsion to like test this album from different angles and i wonder darren as the resident fan of this kind of uh world of music um do you hear any kind of like j-pop or k-pop <laughs> vibes from yeah, this oh, like this, now really it's my maximalist. Turn. yeah it's yeah, my yeah, turn. yeah yeah <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the, the, yeah, let me prime you here. Uh, the like hyper maximalist, like big sins, big sounds, like, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I would, I would think that, um, again, um, you could, you could go and find this exact type of thing somewhere in K-pop. Like, uh, you know, a, a band like Big Bang is definitely known for their like kind of huge, like maximalist like sounds. Right. And, and, um, you know, they're not they're not necessarily as chopped up as or you know as affected i guess as like this music is but certainly you can you know there's definitely similarities for sure yeah i kept thinking about like um the track xxi would never stop at ux whatever um <laughs> on this album you know it just looks like a file name uh it, it like at the end it starts clipping this vocal like and it's like this these big washes of sense it just made me think so much of like that j-pop artist capsule oh yeah that's a good one the same producer is kind of like involved with a bunch of other projects perfume and stuff like that but they you know it was like very big like maybe 10 years before this where like these just chop a vocal up and like make a melody out of that you know um Anyway, I wanted to ask sort of a sort of a side question here, which is that I, you know, we've been sort of I've been suggesting a bunch of like influences and genres and stuff here. And I I sort of thought about like, my brain works that way. Like I'm so interested in genres. I think they're like so interesting as categorizations and the way that things either fit or don't fit or intentionally reject or intentionally subvert genres and stuff. But I know that some people are like very anti-genre. You know what I mean? They're, they'll be like, mm-hmm. why, "Why do you go to classify everything?" And I, I, I don't know if I've like ever asked you guys. Like, are you guys very interested in genre? Or are you more of that? Are the kind of school of like, "Fuck genre." We live in a post-genre world anyway. <laughs> I, I think they have uh, a definite like use. You know, uh, I mean, especially now that there's like so much music, it, it's just you kind of got to know at least somewhat what you're getting into, you know, like, um, and, and so I think like when you, when you break it down, you know, like I use rate your music a lot and there's sort of like, you know, I don't know what the things I look at, you know, there's maybe a hundred genres and, and, you know, just being able to like classify, you know, if you put like death grips in the rap genre and you put Kanye, like they're not the same thing, you know, and they don't really sound much alike at all, but yeah. it, it le- at least gives you like a footing, you, you know, like, oh, this isn't going to be, uh, you know, 
a drone record or, or something. You know, it's sort of like when I'm checking out something new, it's like it, it gives me like um, I, I know what mood I want to be in or, or, or what time of day or something. You know, I want to listen to something. Also, I think like I think the 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 point or the, the the time when like genre is most important is a lot of times it like actually sort of uh like is a um a scene you know like uh like post-punk and all you know that that's sort of like a lot like relates to like a specific place in time you know like that's like true, the the, yeah. uh, the around cbgb and, and stuff uh, you know kraut rock it means a thing and stuff and so I think like genre is like very important like in, in that sense um you know when you're putting things uh, you know, proto punk. You know, it, it like it really gives it like a place in time, and it um, it, it helps true, you yeah. like uh, you know, because because really, yeah, I mean, something like like say proto punk. You know, you could make a band today that sounds like the Stooges or the Monks or something, but like you wouldn't call it proto punk anymore because like <laughs> right, you know, right. it, it's it's such a like temporal thing. Um, so I I like them in in both respects. Uh, I think they're more important in the uh, you know, the scene. Uh, sort of, you know, way, but I, I appreciate them um, in, in yeah. both respects. Guess, you know, some people, like, they don't like it because it, it kind of, like, calcifies the thing. You know, you make something new, and then people instantly come up with a genre to describe it, and then other things get boxed into that, mm-hmm. and um, so, Darren, I mean, how do you feel about the whole genre dis- discussion here? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of torn on it. Like, I, you know, I don't like to think about genre too much when, pe- you know, I, I think of like when people ask you like, oh, what kind of music do you listen to? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with that. that. Like, yeah, that it, that infuriates me. But like, you know, I, I really love what you were saying, Dan, like thinking about it in terms of like a time um, in music history. Right. Um you know the way you describe something like grunge right or whatever like yeah classic exactly. rock and like you you kind of know exactly what you're talking about or even if you're just like yeah this sounds like it's from the t- the 2010s like you know that's not necessarily a genre but you you know i like the idea of like thinking about things in terms of like where we are in music history like i don't i'm not a big fan of like drilling down into like vi- like subgenres and like tr- very specific uh you know type of genres you know i think a lot of the music that we listen to really like crosses over into different Mm. genres i think most of it can probably be described i I try to keep it as general as possible when i'm thinking about or if i'm categorizing an album i try to like generalize it i think but but i definitely like the idea of like thinking of it in terms of like a you know music history like the time that it's coming from you know yeah yeah I, i just like i really um I really enjoy them. I love like on rate your music, you know, if you like go to like, if we go to 1000 Gex, for example, you know, like the, the genres list are like bubblegum based, deconstructed club, emo rap, <laughs> electro pop, trap, nightcore, vocal trance. And it's like, Jeez. it almost becomes comical because almost none of those things are like immediately recognizable. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're all like offshoots of other things and stuff like that. And like the way it gets so convoluted, the categorizations, I love it. But so the the reason I ask that is like the the question is how do you think 100 Gex and I I didn't really mention but it's a it's a duo um Dylan and Laura are the two people um how do you think they feel about genre like when you hear what this album 1000 Gex do you think like they're kind of anti-genre like anything goes they don't really think about it um they might even be like opposed in an ethical sense to the idea of categorizing things by genre or do you feel more like they're purposely playing with like the idea of pop punk or dubstep or that kind of a thing. You know, you know what I'm trying to get at? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I really like know nothing about this band, uh, since I don't like them, but, um, <laughs> you <laughs> right. know, I mean, I, I, I feel like they're definitely, 
playing with genres here, you know? Like, I mean, I, I think I think it would be disingenuous to say, like, oh, you know, we're not uh, we're not trying to, you know, riff on pop punk or something, because there, there's moments that are, like, right. very obvious. And, I, and, like, some video I watched about it, I, it does, like, sample some ska song that I've never heard of. Um, right, right. You know, so, like, I mean, when you're sampling things and, and whatnot, I, I think it you know you have to know and i think it's i think it's sort of disingenuous to uh to to not you know say that you're 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 doing that but i mean also a lot of times like with the experimental type you know artists they're the ones who get all been out of yeah. shape about genres so it could, i i really don't you know know enough about them yeah i mean i guess like what do you think Darren? just basically if your only evidence was listening to this album how do you think they feel about genre as categorizations yeah i mean i imagine they're probably not you know a huge fan of it but i i kind of like what dan was saying like you know they don't and, and you even mentioned this gabe like they're, they're not ashamed of their influences they're not trying to hide their influences you know what i mean um I don't yeah. I don't necessarily get the impression that they're necessarily trying to like break genres, right? Or just like shatter your mind or whatever, you know, completely flip things on on their head. I just think that they are probably huge fans of a lot of different genres mm-hmm. and, you know, I think it's fair to say that most bands start somewhere, right? They start with some sort of influence and, you know, you add more, you add more and you you start to like find you start to carve out your own space. But you can see the threads like of where you came from. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's um, yeah. That kind of starts to transition us into the next thing I want to talk about, which is like non-musical influences on 100 Gex, which is not always like a super relevant topic with with artists that we talk about. But I think here it especially is because, you know, we, we were sort of alluding to it, but stuff like the idea of YouTube, the idea of SoundCloud tiktok i keep thinking about you know like like you know these mm-hmm. tiktok videos where it's like and they did this on vine too but like where it, it it's comically distorted like when the song kicks in like yeah. the bass drops mm-hmm. it's like you know and like it almost feels like the bass sound on this album is based on tiktok videos of like distorting bass um internet culture in general you know like i i, I sort of dismissed a lot of this type of music as like meme music but in this case, it feels like very deliberate that like they are kind of, you know, trying to like play with the like what like what are even our memes like they're like weird copies of things and twists and subversions of things like the way they treat genres the way we treat you know what I mean like screen grabs of movies and shows and stuff like that like how do you guys see this stuff playing into this yeah I mean, I th- I think you're right you know I I think the non musical influence here is um much more like evident and important than uh, really anything else I can think of that we've, we've covered, you know, cause like the, people, you know, talk about like SoundCloud rap and that's sort of become a genre. Like, you, you know what that means. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can hear uh, bits and pieces of that here. I, I think even just like that, that um, the way the record like switches between things, you know, that that's a super like, uh, you, you know people yeah, always digital age. yeah exactly people always talk about like our you know our attention spans are, are much s- smaller now you know i, I mean i know personally if, if a youtube video is over like five minutes uh, i'm not gonna watch it you know yeah it's funny too because i i like i listen to all my podcasts on double speed and whenever i watch a youtube video oh, i like God. double the speed Jeez. and um <laughs> it's funny because it's, it it kind of sounds like the like i just need content more content more content but it's like um 
it, it, it creates a quality which is not unlike the vocals on this album, you know, in the sense that they're like pitched up, like everything is too fast, you know, because like I'm trying to just scroll through videos as fast as possible. Um, do you hear any of this stuff in there, Darren? I mean, absolutely. You know, I don't think that this album exists without TikTok and internet culture and all those things, you know, but I, I do mm-hmm. think that it it falls in line with what a lot of music has done over the years, like making commentary on like society right like social comedy yeah, commentary yeah. you know it's in you know in certain decades it's all about the politics and you know i think it has everything to do with like the communication aspect and what people are consuming right and that has changed obviously in the last like 15 or 20 years with the internet and probably even more so in the last five years right um yeah and yeah. this is the music that kind of represents that in a way right yeah, like if you were yeah, if you wanted to too. show somebody or like you know here's the music of 2020 or 2019, right? This would probably be a good way to like sort of say this is this kind of represents a lot of what's going on, you know? Not everything, yeah, it but a lot does. But it's also kind of like a commentary on it, which makes sure. it not it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it wouldn't right, be like, right, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. If, if historians listen to this and thought that like everyone in in the world was listening to this kind of stuff like they would be very very wrong you know what i mean it's like a weird twisted warped version of it this is Um, like hey this is the history book of you know like (laughs) yeah yeah but it's also like very interested in subcultures i think and i wanted to mention specifically like i didn't really appreciate it until i was thinking about it while listening to this this week but it's like there were all these little subcultures basically on youtube and soundcloud over this past decade that were like based on like you know playing with music so we uh, they they mentioned like nightcore as an influence in one of those interviews that we that i linked you guys to and it's like <clears throat> i i'm not that familiar with it but i guess nightcore is just basically like speeding up random songs you know what i mean so it's like the youtube video would just have you know some anime gif or something and it would just be like a ska song played really fast right and that uh-huh. they kind of like think that's cool but there's other stuff you know like vaporwave right which we've talked about plenty of times but it's like the idea of it's basically another song, but the thing that makes it a vaporwave song is that you've like t- twisted it in this weird yeah. vapor wavy way. I even sort of had this epiphany that like maybe dubstep was the first genre of this kind where it's like a genre, but not really a genre where, you know, the idea was like, I don't even know how to express this. It's like what you do to a song is what makes it dubstep. So you remember how it would be like people would link each other like, did you hear this? Like it's a dubstep version of InSync's Bye Bye Bye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, oh, that's so funny. Like, I gotta check that out. Like, that was <laughs> the thing. And so this kind of carried on through the decade. Like, dude, check this out. It's vaporwave of you know, whatever, Fiona Apple, or it's like uh, you know, a nightcore version of Blink 182. You know what I mean? Like, that feels like actually very, very central to this album. Yeah, yeah, that that that's a good point. Um, you know, I, I do remember, you know, uh, you know vaporwave of like the seinfeld theme and you know it's something right, like that right, you know right. like it, yeah I, I i think that i didn't think of that but yeah I, I could see it but you know what i mean darren how it's kind of like the way that they're so self-aware about the genres that they're playing with at least in my opinion is kind of like the spirit of this internet of these internet sensations of like transforming songs in some way you know what i mean yeah yeah i can definitely see where this um kind of falls in line with that i mean i remember people like there was a whole thing about slowing music down, right? Like this, you know, you, yeah, I, I yeah. got the CD rip of all these like hip hop songs, super slow. Oh yeah. You know? Uh, chopped and screwed. 
Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that even like predates this by quite a lot, which is really strange. I'm sure there's been some interesting like think pieces on it. But yeah, I mean obviously like chopped and screwed is like the proto vaporwave. Um I remember somebody gave me a ride home from uh that shitty dishwashing job that I That's I had exactly with, the timeline that I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Here. And he was like he was like, check out this new song, dude. It's not even out yet. And it was Ride and Dirty by Chameleonaire, which I had not heard yet. Um to his credit, it might have actually been a leak of some kind. And <laughs> it was like slowed way down. And I was like, why are you listening to this music slowed down? I couldn't even like fathom it. You know, this was like this is a long time before any of this shit started. But now it's like it's here to stay. Um so I want to, you know, we're not like big lyric people, but I think we should address them as we kind of try to get into like what the ethos of 100 Gex is, which is kind of like a big mystery to me. And I think really relevant to Jeremy's question that kicked this whole thing off, you know, like what, what are they actually doing? Like, are they satirizing? Are they what? But um, how would you kind of sum up the lyrical themes style of this uh, album? I think like the lyrics are, are like v- clearly making fun of uh you know, capitalist kind of kind of things uh, i i think in the sense that like you know um like rap uh always like especially like in the earlier uh you know early 2000s or whatever um you, you know had like this sort of thing about it you know it's it's all about you know money and cars and you know all all these like yeah partying and all that yeah exactly and so it sort of like feels like they're satirizing or you know making fun of like that sort of like uh th- thought uh you know like like this just like overly um uh, object obsessed like society which which still you know like exists in, in in things but you know like that that's that's how i felt you know it, it all seems like like um what's the song the uh you know stupid horse like it, it's talking about you know a Porsche and, and, you know, money machine, like everything basically has to do with like money or an object or something like that. And, and almost every song. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then there's, I think about like, um, you know, 800 DB cloud, which is a, a fucking hilarious title by the way. Um, but just the way that it's like, has these kind of, there are times we didn't even mention sort of that it gets into like, I think quite like intimate bedroom indie uh vibes sometimes like there's just this like lightly plucked like guitar type sound and a very tender like uh love scene in this opening thing and then it like blasts into this you know banger territory and it's all about like you know smoking a lot of weed and you know like drinking a lot and stuff and um you know, I'm addicted to monster money and weed. Yeah, you know, is a, is a <laughs> lyric here. I'm blowing clouds so loud you can't fucking see. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, so it's definitely like in there, but it, it does feel like a wink and a, a, wink and a nod uh, every time. I mean, how would you describe the lyrical themes here, Darren? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a clear direction to, you know, satirize things right and i think that they're they are somewhat like on the attack of like you know it the only way i can really think to describe it is sort of like being in high school and looking at the different like cliques of people that you know or that you were going to school with you know what i mean and sort of the resentment of the the crowd of people who looked at like the most popular people right and and then what those most popular people grow up to be you know the people that 
they're sort of talking about here the money machine the you know the people driving around in their you know big trucks or whatever you know what i mean yeah um, yeah the people who look down at everyone else they're sort of making they're not they're like making fun of them by like trying to act like how they perceive them to be essentially yeah yeah i can i can hear that and and i i think like overall the lyrics are very tropey a lot of the time just like the treatment of genre i think is um you know where it's like you know like this is gonna be like a diss song you know money machine with like the you talk a lot of big game for someone with such a small truck like an iconic monologue at the beginning hey you little piss baby uh so fucking funny or like you know like at the end of uh hand crushed by a mallet like um you just copy everything we do if i wasn't me i'd copy me too you know it's just like you know what i mean like that tropey kind of shit talk you know what i mean like when um when you're watching like a video of some rapper freestyling and they kind of like can't think of anything so they just say some disses you know what yeah I mean? just exactly blank to, there's a lot of like that kind of stuff um so yeah so this is like i mean we've already started getting into it but i wanted to kind of get into that so that we could try to figure out like are they making fun of what they're doing are they satirizing internet culture are they satirizing like hip-hop are they you know intentionally shitting on tiktok as a thing or do you feel more like they love all of this stuff i don't know i i take it as satirizing it but maybe that's just my own like projection you know like i i like i said i i don't actually know anything about like the the people in this band um so i feel like they're making fun of it but maybe it's because like if i made the like exact same you know song i would be making fun of it and I think, I mean, yeah. I think like that, that thing in the beginning of Money Machine, I, I think that's a, uh, that seems like a pretty big clue that they're making fun of it, you know? Yeah. Like, that doesn't seem like. But I mean, like, do, do you think they like ska? You know, when you hear Stupid Horse, do you, are you like, these guys are ska fans? Or is it oh, like okay. they're making fun of ska? I think that it might be like, I think they probably like it maybe in that, um, you know, that sort of like nostalgia kind of way you know like i said like i I don't know how old they are but i assume they're somewhere around our age and it's like uh, you know i wouldn't say i like blink 182 anymore but like you know (laughs) if someone you know if it's on the radio or or i hear it somewhere you know i get that sort of like oh yeah they were a good band you know kind of thing. even like when i was listening to this record there was there were moments where i was like I should I should try out a a Blink record. And, you know, I, I stop myself because I know it'll you know probably not hold up. But you know, like right. it, it's like I, I wouldn't say I like it, but it's like you know, there's some sort of like nostalgia there. I it, so I I think I think it's maybe that, but maybe they're just like yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, what do you think, Derek? Because there are other parts like in that would never stop song I mentioned earlier, or like. Uh, the last song actually comes up quite a lot, a lot where it's like that kind of um, like what do they call it like trance like vocal trance music or something you know it's got the like big washy synths and then you'll hear like the little clap come in like clap 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 as it like builds up like do 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 and like some really shitty lyrics you know like giving my heart to you to take da 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 you know like they do they like that shit or are they making fun of that shit i don't know you know i i listened to this whole record thinking that they were big fans of the music that they were influenced by you know what i mean like i i think that they love sky i think that they love like you know those sort of like uh sleigh bells type type of moments where the music comes down heavy i i think that the screamo parts i think that they're fans of that stuff you know what i mean i i think that that's 
all part they of like the, dubstep yeah yeah i think I, that's how i perceive it anyway i, I think that you know they're just mashing it up all together because they you know they enjoy it and maybe through the through the mashing up of all of this they sort of discovered like how wild this all is and maybe that influenced how they wrote the lyrics i mean i don't know i'm not going to get into that but like to me I, I think that they at least are fans of a lot of these different musical genres um but maybe they're using them to in through the process of mashing them together they're sort of creating this like I don't know a way to like satirize it all or just make fun of it, but I, I still think that they're influential on them. I, I don't know. It's hard to describe, I guess. Yeah. I kind of went back and forth. Cause I was like, there's no, there are no people that like that kind of vocal trance shit, like in the world, nobody exists. That even <laughs> likes that. You know what I mean? And like dubstep is the lamest shit ever. And everybody knows it. And there's no way there's a, they're actual fans. Um, you know, same with ska or whatever. But then I was like, you know, but there, there's clearly like an affection. And what, what I kind of settled on, I wonder if you, what you guys think of this theory is that I wonder if it's kind of similar to the way that we feel about memes, you know, like if you were just like some person who had never been on the internet before and you like created a show, let's say like the office, and then you went on Twitter and you saw all these office memes, you would kind of think that they're making fun of your show. You know what I mean? You'd be like, what the fuck? Like, what did I do? But actually there is no like, <laughs> you know, greater compliment in today's age than like your show getting meme to hell yeah you know what i'm saying <laughs> so it's kind of like a it's a simultaneous like affection and making fun of it like people really love spongebob but they're also kind of making fun of spongebob you know what i mean yeah yeah i i, I do i i i get you and i think that's sort of you know what i meant you know it's like i, I think like with the spongebob thing it, it's it it's got like that nostalgia you know it's like something that's like it's it's I mean, I'm a little too old for it. I never really watched it, but you know, it's something that like <laughs> oh, I assume geez. is like, you know, good. It's like actually, I've always heard it's like an actually like a pretty good show. Um, uh, but you know, like it's maybe I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, it's like it's like a, it's like to me, it's you know, the the meme has like outgrown the show itself, right? Like it, like you wouldn't necessarily sit down and watch the entire SpongeBob series. You don't need to, right? You may yeah, have some nostalgic memories about it, but now it's like sort of outgrown the actual show itself and become something entirely different that you at least have some connection to, but you're never it's not like deep enough that you need to go and sit down and watch the series you know what i mean and yeah, the way a, they that, use the, the way they use something like dubstep here like yeah sure no one really likes dubstep but we're all familiar with it we understand what it's trying to do and they're right. they're trying to like not just focus on the dubstep but they're using it as like you know sort of like a tool here right yeah i think that's a, a really good point actually like like with those memes like i only watched the office for the first time like uh, last year and i mean i understood like the memes of you know it's like you you get you know when he's looking at like the uh the guys you know pointing to the ch the uh that chalkboard thing or whatever you like you yeah. understand that even if yeah. you've never seen the show you know um so yeah i think yeah. i think that's a good point yeah yeah and it's just weird that like everything today is kind of like ironic but sincere at the same time um mm -hmm. and we talked about this on that devo episode we were saying like that's why it would be so hard for a, a devo to exist and on that note, I want to like ask, does 100 Gex have kind of a mission statement that you think you can parse out here? Because with Devo, 
we got the you know truth about de-evolution and they have this whole like lore around them and it was very helpful because you know where you're starting from you know what i mean like i think if you were just listening to devo you would have your suspicions you know when you heard like the rolling stones cover like we talked about but you wouldn't i don't think like fully be able to get i think they aren't even admitted you know that like he wouldn't get any of this like extra commentary on society stuff if he didn't know all of that background reading you know what i mean um so with no truth about de-evolution to go off of what is like the 100 gex mission statement do you think i mean is it kind of like just to throw one thing out there like kind of like fuck high and low culture like there's no difference you know we can jump from ska to experimental noise and it's all the same thing yeah i think i think that's actually a a, a good like uh mission statement or whatever for them yeah i don't know if they like specifically have one like like devo did you know devo wrote things and you know you gotta also think like devo was a time like if you had that if you were listening to that like you physically had a record with a jacket that could you could put information on you know whereas like yeah. now you basically get you know the little picture that's on spotify it, it, and that's that's it for a lot of people you know a, a lot of people aren't going to dig any deeper um I think like you know we haven't really mentioned it, but like all the 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 like vocals or most of the vocals at least like uh, on this record they're like pitched uh, in a way that's like very sort of silly, and I think that's yeah. like I think that's like kind of the the little bit of a key that they're joking, you know, like that's true. Yeah. It, you know, it made me. It, Is it kind of Ween esque? That's what I was just to gonna prime say. That pump a little bit more here. That's what I was gonna <laughs> say. Actually, you know, like it it made me think of like Ween. You know, Ween's like very famous for always like speeding up or slowing down like the vocals to change the pitch and like i i feel like that's like the kind of the first clue you know i, I especially on a, a no, uh, you know quote unquote like normal ween song you know that's not about like something uh, you know it's not about like farting or something it's you know like it, it, it's like it's the clue that they're that they're kind of you know tongue-in-cheek yeah, yeah. or joking and like i i feel that here you know because if if the vocals were like more earnest i think you would um i i think it would be much more of a question of like oh is this just a dubstep band or something you know and i i think like they make it like even if they enjoy those things like like we were saying um you know or they're 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 saying that there is no separation between like high and low culture i think like by putting that voice you you say that you that that is the tongue the the key to to it being tongue-in-cheek you know whereas you with devo i think that that like that and we talked about it on that episode like that rolling stone cover like the way they like completely like deconstruct it that's like the key that that, that they're doing something you know to uh yeah established yeah. culture or whatever you know um and i think here i i, I really think it's that that like you know quote unquote silly vocal yeah what i mean what do you think darren like what what is their their ethos yeah so you know, I think that very similar. So when I when I came out of the Devo discussion, right, I sort of described it as their music being for, you know, a certain cr group of people against another group of people, right? And I was on the wrong yeah. side of that uh, coming out of that conversation. <laughs> and I think right. that 100 Gex has a very similar thing. Like, I, I feel like this music, as soon as I started listening to it, I was like, this music is for a certain group of people who will get it like they'll quickly understand that this is like 
this is not meant for the mainstream folk, right? Yeah, but it's right. using all of that stuff. So I, I kind of put this to the test and I let somebody who I work with listen to it. I was like, you got to check this out because mm. I really, you know, I, I kind of understand a little bit about, you know, she shares some of the music that she listens to. So I, I was like, this, this should like be what she's <laughs> right. listening to. Right. And so she puts it on and she kind of immediately like dismisses it, like just not, not really into it. And I was like, huh. So I'm on the side where it's like I get it. Like this is, <laughs> yeah. this is not for you, but this it's is exactly, your diva. It feels good. It's exactly yeah. what you should be listening to. <laughs> so I yeah. yeah, I feel very good about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean they do have this kind of like vibe of being pranksters or trolls, as, as we would call uh, mm-hmm. them in this century. But it's like I wanted to kind of just briefly mention their like image uh, or lack thereof. Um, you know, they kind of have, you know, they, they they do interviews and stuff. It's not like a big secret who they are. And yet I just kind of love like immediately upon listening is I loved like the mystery around it where like the album cover is just this weird spooky looking picture of like a tree and two people facing away from you, you know, looking at the, not even looking at the tree. They just seem like they're like facing away from us. And, um, it just kind of adds this like weird, this weird quality to their music, which is like, the, like, you know what I mean? Like they're boxing you out. Like you'll never really get it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's always like they're making jokes and you laugh cause you like want to be cool like them or whatever, but they're really inside joke. I don't know. There was there. We talked about this with Devo and I just feel like there's that same kind of quality of like in and out thing. And I guess Darren was kind of confirming that with some, uh, scientific testing. <laughs> um, <laughs> another thing I want to ask is like, I hear a lot of people sort of claim that 100 Gex is kind of like the definitive Gen Z uh group or something that they kind of just sum up this this whole tiktok world in this era and stuff um and you know i guess for clarity's sake we're millennials uh firmly millennials all of us but you know i I did a little research and it turns out that they are they're in their mid-20s they're like 25 and 26 i guess and so they are technically like just on the outside of gen z like gen z you have to be born in 97 or 98 or something like that um so do, you know what I mean? Like, do you, are they commenting on Gen Z culture or are they fully embedded in it? I think it's like an embeddedness of it, you know, because like, like, like you said, we're millennials. I, I was born in 87 and like, I know about all this stuff. I mean, I like music, so I like keep up with it. But like, I spend a shit ton of my time like hanging out on Reddit and stuff, you know, like. I'm in the know. I know all the cool memes the kids are saying these days. <laughs> right. You know, like hey, I, I've cool kids. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the TikTok compilations. Uh. <laughs> but no, you know what I mean. Like I, I, I think they're they're in it. Um, I, I don't know if it's like incredibly Gen Z because I don't think like you know like these things that they're sampling like like the ska song and this pop punk stuff. I, I don't. Yeah, it's not I don't weird. feel like that's a real Gen Z thing. But but then again, uh, like. I have two sisters and they're uh, 10 and like 12 years younger than me. And um, they like, they they sometimes like get into, like they'll post, you know, what they're listening to on Instagram or whatever. And like, uh, what what was it? My one sister was, she, she posted something. It was like, uh, oh, it was, uh, oh man, it was like, it, I don't think it was Seether, but it was something like that, you know? Uh, <laughs> okay. And it's like. Because, like, when she was, you know, she was, like, a really little kid when, when that was, like, around, you know, popular and stuff. And it's, like, I don't know if she's, like, you know, listening well, to it. Well, that's weird, like a, right? You know, because, like, like, emo 
came back in the rap world. Like, oh, it was Three way. Days Grace. That's what it was. Okay, I remember them. I remember them. I saw them. Saw live. them live. Nice. That's right. <laughs> Hell yeah! I think it, I think it was with Seether and oh, Evanescence. Nice. That is That's a lineup right correct. there. Yep. I had to I had to take my brother to that concert. To be fair, um, but uh, what was I, what was I going to say? Um, but no, like emo came back in a big way, and I feel mm-hmm. like that that really predates Gen Z, and yet they have this kind of like nostalgic fascination for it. And I guess that makes sense. I mean, we all had like a nostalgic thing for Nirvana, like we missed that. And yet, yeah, yeah, you know, it was actually it was really just like five years be- too early or something like that. But we like were very very into it, and it was I think very common for our generation to be very into it. So it's not impossible that like emo or newfound glory or something That's are staples of Gen Z. Um, but you know, what do you think? Darren, are they are they in it? Are they on the outside looking in? Um, what, what's going on there? I don't know. I think that they're sort of in it. You know what I mean? I, I do agree with what you're saying regarding like some music just seems to fit in well with a certain age group, right? Like it, it's just the I don't know. It's just the the way the music. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I guess, but like <laughs> when I think about Nirvana, right? Like you mentioned it was so it, like we were, it, it was way over like kurt cobain was long gone when we finally yeah, like right, right. got into it but it felt like it was just now happening for us right it just it didn't yeah. feel like a thing of the past it felt like it was happening right then and there yeah and that's so true. this feels like it's it's of the moment in a lot of ways right um yeah I, I don't know though whether it would you know in 10 years from now you know be such have such an impact on i don't know you know 20 year olds right of 10 years yeah. from now because it, it music just seems to be moving in a, a different at a different pace now right yeah i'm just you know I, i'm assuming the answer is no but did either of you guys check out that hbo show euphoria no no i, don't I didn't mean to though <laughs> well it's i mean i like the show but it was basically it's like basically about these gen z kids and it's like you know they they're fucking doing acid like constantly and they're like you know popping pills and having like crazy sex and like just crazy parties and you know i came to realize like everybody was championing it like oh this is like the first like gen z show and i was like this is definitely not like this is some millennials made a show about what they think gen z is you know what i mean and um and so I wonder, like, is 100 Gex that? And I, I wonder if I can't even know because I'm not a Gen Zer, you know. So I'll never fully know. But it feels so insane, so exaggerated as far as like the hyperness of it that it's, you know, I, I just, I guess we can't answer. But it's like it sometimes feels like they're commenting on the things of their era or they're fully in it, you know. Because they, I mean, I don't know what defines Gen Z. Like maybe it's just that people who never did not have the internet you know what i mean like we we all remember not really having internet uh, yeah right? yeah but we're the last ones they grew up like and they have it all the time and they're like fully on it and this sounds like two people who have never not been on the internet you know what i mean but who knows if they're kind of like role playing at that um the other question though on that note is like we've talked about this before but it feels like a very not Gen Z thing to do, very not cash money thing to do, to <laughs> use a meme that, that maybe 100 Gex like, um, to make an album. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm a little bit out of touch with this era, and I don't know a lot of these like these big artists that are considered like in the same world as, as this, like that come from SoundCloud and YouTube and stuff, because I'm just like an old millennial dude, and if you don't make an album, I'm not listening to you, pretty much. Like There are some singles that trickle into my 
you know, ecosystem. Like I, I love the XXX Tentacion song, you know, like look at me and yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his other song about wanting to kill himself or whatever. I can't remember sad or something, but they're great songs, but it's like, I feel like if you don't drop a, a great album, like you're just nothing to me. And that feels very much not of the era. I think that's why I'm missing out a lot of things. And 100 Gex made a 23 minute album, but it does feel like they decided to make a proper album statement. So what do you make of that? Why not? If they're so Gen Z, why not just stick in the SoundCloud world and drop Lucy's for the rest of their lives? Yeah, no, that that's that's a good point. And I think that might be, you know, the the sort of millennial role playing as a Gen Z sort of thing, because because you're right. I, I'm the same way. I, I mean, basically if you're dropping a single it's and that's it it's it's not gonna hit you know you have to be like somebody i really care about for me to like listen to a single uh you know i I don't make playlists you know i I have one playlist for like if i have you know people over one time a year or something um (laughs) you know kind of thing like i you know i don't i don't listen to music that way you know i i put an album on and i listen to it from front to back yeah. and i mean i even say front to back because i'm you know old enough to even say that you know um yeah i i, I don't know i mean I, at least like 23 minutes is in that like you know shortened um uh attention span sort of sort of world <laughs> yeah, um which yeah. which i do love you know i i i've said it uh you know a hundred times on this podcast like i i really do enjoy like when people especially when you're making something like this you know certain things work in the long album you know your drone things you know experimental things like that but you know stuff like this you know if, if this was 45 minutes 60 minutes like it would get even more exhausting than it is at 23 minutes you know it, it would just be like basically unlistenable i think yeah, yeah. I mean, you you've mentioned on the show before, Darren, like your your son, your Gen Z son, who you know seems to have like no real interest in listening to albums, right? And you don't really sense that like any of his friends are into like the album experience. Um, I, I so question seem- whether they even know what an album is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it feels like that's going to be the dividing line. Like that's where we're gonna. I'm always you know paranoid like when am i going to lose touch mm-hmm. with popular culture and this, this is going to be it because i hear like buzz about these kind of soundcloud type artists and i'll be like i'll check them out when they drop their their album you know i'll check I'll, that's when i'll get to it um and it just sometimes never comes and so i miss it but that's going to be probably the dividing line is like if you don't make albums you're not going to reach like the millennial and earliers um and if you do you're not going to reach the gen zers um so what do you what, what what why did 100x decide to make an album? I mean we'll talk about it more specifically but like they they got interlude tracks here and stuff. They got flow, they got like a crescendo at the end of the album and everything. Um the the longest song, the epic of the album at 3 minutes and like 18 <laughs> seconds. Um what do you make of that decision, Darren? I mean, it's fascinating, right? It it it's almost like they were doing a courtesy to us old guys. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting. And I, I think it does go into, you know, the influence bucket, right? I mean, sure. A lot of the sound is coming from things of the last like decade, I I suppose, but you know, why maybe there's an influence somewhere that, you know, they're just into the album idea as well. You know what I mean? I, I think it really is a dividing line. I mean, it, you know, kids, kids these days, they, they play video games and they're just looking for like the next hottest playlist to throw on while they're like playing their game or yeah. doing something else. You know what I mean? Like it has to be immediate. There is no time to listen to a 
a, a 45, 50 minute album and listen to an interlude. Like that is just, that just can't <laughs> yeah, happen, yeah. you know? And I, it's, it's difficult for me because I spend so much time like in a car with my family and all my kids and stuff. And like, no one is going to put up with me putting an album on, you know what I mean? Like it's so difficult <laughs> right, right. to try to do that, like to find an album that works for everybody. I mean, the Beatles are usually like my go-to because I, you know, I can just like, the Beatles are just good for everyone. But, um, so I, I have developed some playlist so that I can at least get some of the music that I really love to <laughs> right. influence them in some way. But I don't expect anybody to be like, Hey, that, that like song, uh, is that Bob Dylan? Like, you know, mm. I want to hear more of that or like, you know, whatever yeah. it, it would just be that one song that they might like, you know what I mean? I, I'll, I'll yeah. give you an example. Right. So on this playlist, I have this song by the microphones. Um, which one is it? I can't even take a stab because I don't know what I can't think of a microphone. Song. Like <laughs> no, there's a really short one. There's a really short one on, on there. It's just an acoustic number. Um, this no, this makes really, a great really radio, like... by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 You you just cut this. Just cut this, right? Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see us making shape. fun of it. Now we don't have to cut it. Yeah, <laughs> there's a little industry tri- tip for you. <laughs> it's from okay, it's from I felt your shape from the glow part two, and I heard I heard Brandon like humming it to himself. He was singing the lyrics. I was like, okay, yeah, wow. that's cool. But he he would never ever ask like, where did this come from? I want to hear the record right yeah and, and i can't imagine yeah. listening to like the glow part two or something you know yeah and it might not even occur to him that it like comes from somewhere <laughs> like right. comes from a larger piece precisely um, but maybe maybe that's something you grow out of though because because like think about it like like when i was a kid you know like my dad liked what's we call dad rock and i you know and I, I would I wouldn't hate it just because you know it's not cool because your dad likes it. But now like I, I like Led Zeppelin and stuff, you know. Um, yeah. And even like in even I think like when I was a kid, like I would buy a CD a lot of time because I knew the the big hit song or something. And like you know, like I can remember buying like the Smash Mouth CD, and I don't think I've ever <laughs> listened to like that entire album. You know, I just listened to you know your uh all-star and and whatever you know you know what i mean like but now i yeah. i would never do that you know i would i would never just listen to like a, a hit single of a of a song i mean yeah i guess it's it's not like the it's not a totally new phenomenon that there are like people who are only interested in songs um yeah. i think it's just much and, easier to do it now you know because when, when you bought a cd like one you paid f- you know 13 dollars or whatever so you gotta get your money's worth and it, you know if you're switching yeah, yeah. between stuff like until you were able to burn your own cd you know it was like sort of hard to like have a playlist you know i guess we'll just have to wait and see on that maybe they maybe like this whole generation will like get older and be interested in albums um they better but you know yeah (laughs) otherwise we're we're screwed um but uh yeah i mean so what do you i mean like what do you make of specifically the decision to put interlude tracks on here they're not going on any playlist they make no sense on their own um we can talk about like do you even like them in the context of the album because they're pretty crazy um but why did they add these why did they want this thing to flow i i think when 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 you add like the interlude track you're saying like this is an album like this is a uh you know one piece yeah. of like you know art or whatever um and i i mean i'll say i i i like the inclusion of the interlude tracks oh, because oh my it, 
the inclusion i don't like the tracks themselves i like the inclusion <laughs> thereof uh, because it does it. because it makes like this cohesive uh you know piece like like i think this this record would be a lot uh you know more difficult to listen to if it was just like a bunch of these uh, you know crazy songs back to back to back to back the, these interlude things like i mean even though like like get 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 you know is just <laughs> is like really cr- crazy in and of itself it's it's sort of like even in that like craziness of a guy just saying get 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 it like it kind of gives you like a second to breathe if if that like makes you know like yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the shortest of, of of breath in there and i think like even at 23 minutes like this this is a, a type of record that would get like exhausting um after true, after yeah. too much time um just because of like that that overly sugary you know nature of it you know um so I think it really like helps those, you know, helps, helps that it, it's like, uh, you know, you can't drink a whole monster in, in, in one, in one sip, <laughs> right. you know, you, you need you gotta... to, you need to hit the jewel in between. <laughs> exactly. It's hitting the jewel. Perfect. Yeah. That's, that's basically what it is. Um, yeah, I can't say that like, I love the tracks, but I do love like their role here. Um, they both sound like, and they actually compare them to this in an interview, I think of like scrolling through samples. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if you just had the sample bank and you were like, scrolling through it because it just really just chops and it keeps sounding like it's about to become something but never quite does you know the um i need help immediately it gets like this lopsided beat at the end that kind of like drives us home there which you know does make it like ties it together a little bit um gek 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 ends with like actually a very beautiful auto-tuned like ballad (laughs) all of a sudden um but before that it's like crazy like with the dubstep like fucking wildness (laughs) for just like 12 seconds um what do you make of these tracks darren yeah i mean arguably i i didn't really or i guess honestly is what i should say i didn't really identify them as being like all that different from the other songs on the album Ah, you know what i mean um because you know sometimes like a an interlude is like very very like wildly different really yeah 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 just something completely unexpected but in my listening of this, and maybe it's just the pace and the way it's only 23 minutes, you know, I, I didn't really feel like that this was like a slowdown or like a, you know, I, I, the momentum didn't seem to like c- come to a halt with this, right? Um, but thinking back on them and, and kind of like thinking about them now as true interludes, you know, I think I think they're actually pretty cool. You know, I, I like the the idea of it. Like you mentioned, Dan, I think it gives them an opportunity to sort of stretch out a little reset. bit and reset yeah. like you mentioned um and it it doesn't like i like i mentioned it didn't kill the momentum at all for me right it mm-hmm. just kind of uh was a nice little reset a breather like you mentioned dan yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's a cool idea. I mean, like how often, you know, I, you know, I'll make music or something. You come up with like, you know, a sample that's really cool or like, a, you know, synth patch that's really cool or something. But it's like you just can't like ever find any way to actually use it, you know, or, yeah. or a beat or something. And it's like, why not just fucking like dump it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so everybody has to hear it for a second. And it's like you got to use it. But, you know, so did like it, it's sort of like a, 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 a non-wasteful like way to make music. Yeah. Which, which I, very I, green. Yeah, very yeah. Gen Z. Like they're all, they're into like the that. recycling and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought that uh, I thought that we would like not have enough to talk about with a 23 minute album and that we'd like be able to dive deep into pretty much every song here. But we actually have had a shit ton to talk about. So um Maybe we could just identify like a highlight or two, you know, something we want to single in uh, in particular on this album. I mean, I would say like the the big like, you know, hits to be the ones that like 
got stuck in my head, you know, for better or for worse uh, over, <laughs> yeah. over the weeks. Uh, we're like stupid horse, like that. That yeah. is the like the most catchy one. Ringtone uh, a, a lot, oh, and yeah. uh, and then the money machine. I, I think those three are sort of you know if if you're gonna give it a shot, uh, you know maybe maybe if you don't want to waste 23 minutes like you know at least at least you know i think you'll get the idea from those and i mean they are like they're they're extremely catchy like i think they're extremely like effective at uh at what they're trying to do yeah what, what were some highlights for you darren yeah i mean all three of those were highlights uh, i w- i would have mentioned um the xx i would never stop stuff <laughs> that that one um just like you you said dan there there's just so many like catchy moments you know and i i know i mentioned that i like sort of didn't like this at first right i was very put off by it but i kind of quickly liked it right and just kind of kept on playing it and, and it became something that i would play a lot while i was working you know i'm working from home right now and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great it, it doesn't kill a lot of time like you mentioned Kate. so <laughs> right, i was just right. kind of repeating it on and over and over and over again and I just kept liking it more and more rather than like feeling tired of it or like hating it uh, the more I listened to it, you know? Yeah, I could, I can like easily listen to this over and over again. And like, uh, for some reason, I track like Stupid Horse. Like, I feel like I could just listen to that on repeat for the rest of my life because it's like, <laughs> it is so catchy. It is such a rush. Like, it go, it, it's like basically like Technos BPM, you know what I mean? And it's like, sounds like almost polka y. Like, I just, you know, maybe if you're a big night, if you're a big nightcore fan, maybe you knew this, but I didn't know that like if you sped up a ska song fast enough, it would turn into like techno polka or something like that. And it's just oh a, a mind boggling. Um, m- my favorite song for some reason, I don't hear a lot of people like highlighting this one, but is hand crushed by a mallet, which is like, it's just like brilliant how it like, it starts off in this kind of like the emo way with these like EDM kind of, you know, big lush synth chords and stuff. And, um, just starts transitioning flawlessly into like the trappiest trap pop thing back into the emo into like bedroom indie pop. And it's just like an absolute banger. And I also want to really highlight the last song Gek to you. Um, to me, it is nothing short of a, of a fucking miracle that like the end of the song, the end of the song is fucking transcendent the way it just <laughs> speeds up and continues to speed up get more distorted more layers like you know what i mean like we've been on a very high level for this entire 23 minutes at this point and the fact that like the last minute of that song can then like quadruple yeah. the energy level i'm like every time that song the album ends i like have to catch my breath i can't even believe what just happened to me do you guys darren do you love the end of this song like i do yeah, I mean, it kind of gets me right back into, like, the album. Um, as soon as it's over, I'm, like, ready to go again. You know what I mean? Um, it's a great... The, the last, like, four... Three songs, I guess I would say, are great to, like, work out to. Like, uh, to run to and yeah. stuff. I was yeah. definitely enjoying that. So, it works for working, uh, you know, exercising. Uh, great for the... Probably not too great for the family. I haven't really tried that too much. <laughs> let, My wife let me tell you it. what it, <laughs> let, let me tell you what it's not good for. Um, I mentioned that I, you know, kind of fell in love with this album while driving to Florida. Um, you'll end up going 100 miles an hour. At the end of that song. <laughs> <laughs> you actually physically cannot stop speeding up along with yeah. the song. Um, what do you make of it, Dan? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I like the concept of it. You know, it is it is like really cool to like you said. You know, you're you're sort of at like this like such a high like pace this whole time, and then to like somehow crescendo from there is like a uh, it, it's an impressive technical feat. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess um, I guess I'll ask both of you, but I just have a feeling only Dan will have something to really say here uh, about low lights. Anything that really you really hated for me, it's just like it's such a short album that it's like. I can imagine quibbling about the interlude tracks. I think they serve an important purpose, maybe not like the most fun things to listen to themselves, but every like proper song is to me like a minor masterpiece. Um, Is there anything you really hated, Dan? Uh, No, I don't think like anything on the record is like a specific like low light. Uh, Like, you know, I I don't want to get too, you know, I guess I'll just go ahead and move on to like summing up my thoughts on the record. But, you know, like it's just like as a whole, this is like not something I want to listen to at all. Um, You Uh, know, like it's just a little too silly with like the voice, much too frantic for me. Uh, You know, I kind of realize I don't don't listen to a lot of like fast music, I think, Um, (laughs) you know, and and it just just too too sugary for for me. Um, But I don't think like like. I, I I really like I, I like the album like as a piece of art you know like if I went to a museum and this and this like existed in a museum <laughs> right. I think I would appreciate it and I and I do appreciate it like I I really appreciate like the concept here and the I mean even the execution of the concept it's just like something you know I I'm not I'm not gonna hang it on my wall you know I don't I don't want to like. Uh, uh you know you 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 can you can you can like a painting uh you know appreciate like you know something about it but like not want to hang it on your wall not want to like you know it wouldn't be your yeah, favorite or anything yeah. and and i think that's how i feel here you know like i i don't like hate this right and in fact it's like it's something that's even sort of hard for me to rate like on rate your music you know i gave it a bad score because i kind of just like <laughs> looked at it like I, I i keep my rate your music as, as like a way um so when i don't know what i want to listen to like i i go through and i like i look through like what i've rated and i say like oh yeah i forgot i liked that album you know so so i I, on there you know i rate it in a way like you're never gonna want to really listen to this anymore (laughs) you know and that's how you give it it. what exactly did you give it um i think i gave it like one and a half stars oh wow Wow. Um, did it move up at all (laughs) no 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 i kept it oh my god um you know but it's like I, I wouldn't want you know if I if I was like writing a piece for a magazine or something I I don't think I would give it like you know a, th- a three or something because like I I do like the concept and I do like think that um I, I do think it's like sort of like kind of worth hearing and, and experiencing um you know it, it's it's not something that like I think I I would just you know nor- normally with like things that I hate you know uh you know, like Anani or or something you know it's like I feel like you could just like completely disregard that like it it does not need to like be yeah. heard you know it's not adding anything to music <laughs> Harsh. Or, or anything right. you know I, I I I but here I think like this this is adding something and I, I think it's it's worth hearing it's just like I don't know it's like a painful experience but I, I but I think that that, that <laughs> I mean that sounds worse Dan, than Dan Dan just listens to like what's that guy Philip Nyblock? He listens to like oh, minimalism. It's that. just like 
six hours of a single like violin note. <laughs> I and, I literally uh, was listening. This is painful. No, I was literally Ringtone, listening. To Nyblock the catchiest last night. song ever written is painful compared to <laughs> Philip Nyblock. I like I like a held tone for a good 20, 30, 45 minutes. I don't like uh you know a sugary sweet fast yeah, too uh, many painful. too many tones for, for <laughs> too, yeah, too right, many, tones too many tones for me. Yeah, no, exactly. But <laughs> well, I, I I I mean like I say though it's painful, but I think like you know. That, that I don't want that to sound like as harsh as it is. Like I, I when I look at it as a piece of art, like I, that makes me like it. You know, I mean, you should you should feel something when when you see art. You know, I I I've talked about it before. Like I love Dada. I love Duchamp. You know, like I love Fountain. Uh, you know, which is the like toilet turned on its side. Um, do I think that's like the you know the the greatest like you know painting in the world you know like because it's not like aesthetically like the greatest looking thing it's just like i love the concept of it and like what it did so like i I sort of feel like that here like this is like it it honestly felt like very sort of like dada to me yeah yeah it's got that same spirit i think um yeah darren how would you sum up your uh your thoughts on this or your your feelings well, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I'm proud to to feel like I'm on the right side of this <laughs> right. uh, record and the intent of this record. But, um, you know, I, I think that this is just really fun to listen to. And it's 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 very energetic. It's something that I can see. I definitely will kind of come back to when I just need <laughs> just a you know, a shot of energy yeah. or something. <laughs> Five um, hour energy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's not, you know, I'm not necessarily like moved by it or, you know, having my life changed by it, but you don't need every bit of music that you like to do that necessarily. Um, I think there's a lot to enjoy. I think it's incredibly catchy. Um, I, there's no doubt about that. Uh, it's definitely something that I think is worth listening to. I think it's, it's an important, it's one of those, those, uh, these albums that I think that we'll talk about like in the future, you know, like looking back at like, you know, the 2020s or -hmm. something, you know, this came out in 2019, but still, I I think that it'll be a topic of conversation, even if they don't really release anything great after this, or if the next record or whatever is more of the same, I, I think this one is one that we'll come back and talk about for sure. Yeah, that's, I wanted to ask. I mean, I guess it's just no secret that at this point that I, I just think it's like a fucking brilliant album, like an instant classic for me personally. But is this a ten? I do wonder. Hmm. Ten. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably give, I'll give it a ten. Why not? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know how I feel about you know how I feel. I about know you tens. just toss them yeah, out there. He's just so many tens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, if it's in the canon, uh, it's a ten, and I just feel like this is an unforgettable album. And yet, my only hang up here, the only reason I, I hesitate on that is like. How do you guys think this album will sound in a few years? Like, I think it's 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 a a unique case, I think, where it is so tied to this moment that I I have trouble even imagining. Yeah, I I think I have trouble imagining, you know, it's I don't know. Like when you make something that's like especially like I don't want to say like, you know, I didn't think this was like a Mimi record or anything, but like when you make something that's like sort of based on Internet culture, like that changes so quickly. You know, when you think about like the 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 memes and stuff we used to you know like in the in the old days you know in in high school and stuff it's like completely it's a completely like different style of of joke for the most part even you know it's like it's like almost like a completely different world and that's only been 
you know 10 years even even if you yeah. think of like just or think about memes two years ago or something you know it, it's like so different but you know even though like more importantly like you know how they're like not funny at all like no no seen, like, yeah an old, an old meme uh-huh. like uh like uh, one of those like weird faces yeah those like rage comic things yeah yeah it's like not only like, is it not funny it's like embarrassingly painful. not funny yeah it's yes. like it's like cringeworthy or whatever you know so if if that's like the fate of all memes then like is that the fate of this album mm. I, I don't know. It, I think like what Darren said, like it does like sort of have that like, you know, I could see it being like, a, you know, the sound of the 2020s, even though it's 2019, uh, which which makes me think, you know, like th- th- there's th- that's sort of a thing that happens, like a little bit of a uh, overlap kind of thing. Like um, I, I think of uh, like Depeche Mode um, Violator, like that actually came out in 1990, but it's like the most 80s right. record ever. Right. right. Um, you know, I, I, I sort of feel like this this kind of it's getting yeah i think you should kick it over to 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 this decade and i could see it being like something you know that we look back and are like oh yeah yeah remember that but i don't know if it'll be like yeah remember that it's still good i think it just might be like a a moment in time or something and i i don't know where do you go with another record of this you know do you just make the same thing i i wanted to listen they i know they have like the individual members have had like some other records and um i wanted to listen to them but they weren't on spotify so i didn't care enough yeah yeah (laughs) um i think that you know they like literally just got popular with this album um just toiling in obscurity until then but um but yeah, I do want to I do want to kind of address that like what would be on the next album, but first, you know, Darren, do you what do you think this will sound like in a few years this album at least? Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty dated pretty quick, you know. Um but I don't think that it will be forgotten necessarily, and that's kind of why I I think that it'll be an album that we'll come back and talk about um, you know, certainly you know, five years from now, ten years from now, whenever we're kind of re recapping the decade, I think that this album will probably see some influence, you know, or make some influence, right? But um, it it does worry me because I feel like a follow up is is just never going to capture the magic of like the first go around. You know what I mean? Like I don't know how yeah. you, I don't know how you capture that again on a second record, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you were them, like, what what would you do? Because, you know, they have, like, this EP. The EP is self-titled 100 Gex, which is why they, you know, added um, another 900 Gex for this <laughs> album. Uh, but um, trivia fact also, the song Gek at Gek only says Gek 58 times. So where are the missing Gex? Um, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> a- anyway, that EP... It sounds very much like proto this. I, I just don't even like really get anything out of it because it just feels like not, you know, it just feels like this album turned down to five instead yeah, of I heard, to 11, you know? I heard one song from it and it, uh, yeah, it just sort of seemed like the the blueprint for this. And it was like, yeah, just listen to the fully formed, you know, thing. Yeah, yeah right, right. So, so it, it makes me like very skeptical kind of like, how would you turn up the heat on what we have on this album? Or do you think they have to do that? You know, I mean, what what would you do if you were 100 Gex? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I was thinking, you know, like like Death Grips. Like, I, I didn't hear Ex-Military, like, right when it came. You know, I, like most people, I, I found it, like, after Money Store. But I, I feel like if, if I heard uh, Ex-Military, and that was the only Death Grips thing out at the time, I think I would listen to that and be like, how do you not just do the same thing again? Right, right. You know, but then, you know, they they... 
they've released a handful of you know great records past that so i i don't know i i feel like that that gives me like it can be done but it, it's definitely like in that like it's good it's a treacherous that you know like it's gonna be hard to get it done yeah what would you do darren I mean, I think you got to go with like the experimental double or triple album, right? You just got to go all out. Yeah. Well, it'll be like 40 minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I just, I just don't think that you can repeat this. You know, this, this really has a a bit of a lightning in a bottle type of element. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you have to do something pretty different and maybe scaling back is the way to go um or just focusing on on some element of this but you know to try to repeat to try to turn it up even to to go even harder i just don't think it's you you get to the point where like maybe you're trying too hard right and you're just trying to top what you did before and i i can't see that i just can't seem to see that like working well you know because when you listen yeah. to that next album, you're going to be thinking about 1000 mm-hmm. Gex and how it compares. Well, that's right. right. That's what I, you know, that's why I always say the thing I do about like make a difficult double album because, you know, w- there's no possibility of fans not saying, well, it's not as good as 1000 yeah, Gex. Yeah, exactly. And if you can make, if you can make something that's like, yeah, it's not as good, but at least it's blank, you know, or exactly. something like that, mm-hmm. a- add like a weird curveball, um, you can get away with it. Um, you know, but the, the other thing I kind of wonder, you guys were alluding to like, you know, if this will be influential or not. Um, the other thing that worries me, right, is like you've got somebody like Charlie XCX um, who could could be said to be like kind of an influence on this um, on this sound, the 100 Gex sound. I have kind of like problems with with Charlie XCX because I feel like she's kind of I guess it's fine because it's like the Kanye style, but she like brings in producers from PC music and stuff like that and just kind of like. I think rides the wave a little bit and on her new album that just came out like a month ago she has uh dylan from 100 gex producing a couple tracks because you know that's the next thing i think um what always confuses me about her in particular is like she's kind of like watering down 100 gex so that it is palatable for people like your coworker darren um <laughs> and when you do that I feel like you just completely lose the point of 100 Gex. Like if you just take what this is and try to like make it a little less spastic and you know what I mean? Like it's not even anything anymore. Yeah. Um, so, so, th- so I say that because I think one, I worry that they will try to like commercialize and actually break into the mainstream or something in a Charlie XCX way. And I think that would be a big mistake. Um, but I also worry about what kind of influence or legacy they'll have because it would probably just be a lot of shit if it's just people kind of watering this down. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I could see, you know, like there, there's been plenty of things that like that where like a big mainstream, you know, like Drake does it all the time. You know, you take, you take like some sort of like sort of underground kind of hit or something and yeah, you, you make it palatable and then. In, in making it palatable, you like sort of ruin the the original thing, um, and yeah, I mean that's been done forever, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean that that's a big worry. I, I could see them just be being like producers, like like you said too, you know. Um, and maybe that would work because yeah, I mean I don't know. It's definitely like a hard. I, I, it's like a blessing and, and a curse to to have like such a successful you know hit of a of a first record because you're right everyone's gonna say 
it's no uh, a thousand gex like you know even if it's really great you know yeah i mean what what do you think about the does that intrigue you or does that like make you shiver like it does for me the idea darren of like this sound trickling into the mainstream in a more palatable way yeah i mean i I think that it would lose the point entirely you know because i i think so much of this music is built on pulling from the mainstream and what is palatable palatable to Mm -hmm. people and more in in warping that if yeah, you yeah. Do, if you take that away, yeah. you take out you the just warping have effect. Then you yeah. just have dubstep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you remix a remix is back to normal. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So um, at this point, uh, you could have just listened to the album like four times. <laughs> yeah, I know. How long we've talked about it, um, but I guess we can wrap it up by just like any final thoughts on this album, or any final thoughts on the 100 Gex phenomenon, like why they have why this album has just exploded in in popularity and everything i mean it's definitely interesting and i think like anything that's that's like legitimately interesting um i mean anything you could we can i mean i don't know how long we've been talking an hour or hour and a half or so of a of a 20 something minute long record you know i mean there's definitely like some something interesting there and i feel like anytime that exists i mean if you like music as a as a concept like like you know the three of us do it, it's worth it's worth your time you, you know like like i said i i don't enjoy this as a piece of music uh it's not a record like i'll probably ever return to but it's like it's not something i'm, I'm like mad that i've heard um you know it's 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 it, it's worth the experience yeah final thoughts darren yep i mean i think that you know it's it's definitely of the moment and like I mentioned before, it, it, it has an importance to what is going on right now, you know, and I think that not only should people listen to it right now, because it's so of the moment, um, I think it'll be something that is worth returning to in the years to come, right, because of the moment that it's sort of representing. Um, so it's, to me, it's a must listen, um, and I, I will certainly continue listening to it yeah i'll just uh i'll just wrap it up by kind of returning to the original uh jeremy's original question with the whole diva thing you know it was like we talked i mean we, we all were like totally fine with the idea that no nobody could ever make like satirical music again you know what i mean like in today's age where it's too ironic it's like internet culture is too out of control and just like i don't know why i wasn't thinking of 100 gex in that like sense at the time but it's like you know, when Jeremy said it, I was like, holy shit, that makes perfect sense. And it's mm-hmm. actually incredible that they pulled that off. Like, we all three, I think, agreed that, like, the first listen, this was actually, like, shockingly horrible. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And how is anything even, like, surprising us still <laughs> in, in today's day and age? But also because we're, like, people who obsess over music and listen to it constantly. I mean, for that alone, I think it's, like, worth the price of admission. But then... It also has, I think, that magic where it just like will work its way into your brain and you just find yourself like humming money machine or stupid horse to yourself like over and over again all day long. All right. Well, what do you think? We'd love to read your thoughts on the air. You can email us, popshieldpod at gmail.com. Next episode, big surprise, not sure. Uh, So if you like the show, help us out, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Stay connected, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that junk is at popshieldpod. And we'll see you in two weeks. See ya. So long.